Brock's freaking out This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewart is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. We're going to do you our manager. Don't really work that way. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen in Ballard. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Hello! Coming up, rolling along, Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. A glorious summer Friday here in May. It's just amazing, man. This this needs to be the norm. The new normal, please. <laughs> Having to turn the sprinklers on before June 1st. Yes, thank you. More of this, please. Seems just great. Puts me uh, in a good mood. As Morris said yesterday, it's the weather. That affects my mood more than uh, the diet. So anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I, was, I was asked if you've been grumpier on your diet. Yeah, and I was like, no, he gets grumpy when the weather changes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, very, very. Or when the Mariners don't hit. That doesn't help. Mm-mm. That's true. But Mm-mm. they did enough yesterday. I want to get to them here in just a sec. Quick note: uh, everything's a little funky today. Joe Fan's going to join us at eight instead of seven thirty, and then at eight thirty, Jaron Reed sat down with him yesterday for about fifteen minutes. He's always a really good interview. I, I do find myself a little torn with Jaron Reed, and just I'll, I'll spoil the suspense. No, I didn't dig in at all to to his you know incident when he was here with the domestic violence or any of that. I didn't dig into it. It's in my mind kind of been done. Like it's it's in the past now, and we've had the time to talk about that. And happened while he was here. It didn't happen while he was gone. Uh, so it's much more of a football interview. But he's. You know, I, I always have trouble sort of putting that scene from that police report together with the guy that we've met a few times because mm-hmm. he's he, he's usually a very good interview. And I know that those two things are not in any way related, but it's always, it you know, it's a reminder of that, I guess. Yep. Yeah, and he's one of those guys that's been elsewhere, and he's played for some pretty oh, good teams. Oh, some you'll hear about it. Pretty, pretty good quarterbacks. Pretty too. good quarterbacks and good coaches. I mean, think about his life. Nick Saban, Pete Carroll, and Andy Reid. Not Russell, bad. Russell yeah. Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Not bad. I mean, like, yeah, he's been around some very interesting folks. So uh, you'll hear all about that coming up at 830 this morning. We saw something in the Mariner game yesterday, Brock, that is a trend. It is starting to become a trend, and it's probably, of all the good things we've seen with the Mariners, other than the dominant pitching, it's the thing we've probably been wanting to see the most, and it was summed up perfectly right here in the eighth inning. One on two outs, bottom of the eighth inning, game tied at two, the set. And the Acton pitch on the way to Julio. Swing and a line drive into the gap in right center field for a base hit. Tyron in second. Heading for third. He is going to be stopped there by Manny. Julio in at second base. Standing up with a double. The throw in was cut off by Kemp. The relay to the plate. Julio Rodriguez with a double into right center field. And now the Mariners have the go-ahead run on at third. Hopefully you heard it there because Rick said it twice. Mm. Right center Field. Mm. Yes, it was great to have Julio hit, but I think it might have been even better to see him going to right center where he's got so much power naturally. And if he can just be patient enough to do that more consistently, Brock, all of the other stuff will come. I want to say seven of his hits or something close to that, this uh, four game series were to the right side. Yep. And, you know, it, it has been a point of conversation all season long. It is so difficult. You know, yesterday when the show ended, I did a. Not really a podcast, but it's a young kid as a senior. It's a senior project at the, at the school. They call it a capstone project. It's okay. kind of the capper to their, you know, their, their high school and they've got to do it to graduate. And, and he's a young kid that loves sports, super smart guy, super fun and, and asking about, you know, like life and life lessons and success. And I just find myself, you know, the hard work and hard work, all these things, right? These themes. 
And, you know, it is so difficult for a young, talented person to do less to do more. And, you know, we've kind of sung that tune here for the last month and a half. How can you ask Julio, right, to do less? He wants to launch that ball. He wants to hit it hard. He wants to swing out of his shoes. He wants to, no, just take it down a notch. Go where go where the pitch is taking you. Take that single down the right field line. Take that single to right center. Take that double to right. Just let the game come to you. And my goodness gracious, three multi-hit games on this series. And as we have said, as Jeff Passon said three weeks ago, this team will go as Julio goes. Their oh. pitching's been a constant. They will go as far as Julio can take them. And, you know, if this is any indicator, Jeff, what, 40 points in OPS in four mm-hmm. games? There is still plenty I mean, of time yeah, for and, him and to be the difference maker. what we've maker. been saying all along. It's so funny that there's a group of people out there who think we've been crushing Julio, which I think is a riot. No, nobody's crushing Julio. We're just looking at the facts and saying he hasn't been hitting. And if Julio's not going to be able to hit, then the Mariners have a significant problem. But nobody's ever thought Julio would not hit forever, just that he needed to pull himself out of this. And he seems to have figured out the same thing that everybody kind of knew ahead of him, which is take it to right field, let the game come to you. And Brock, it's not just what Jeff Passan said or what you and I note or anything like that. It's what Scott Service says. Yeah, Julio had a good night. He he was on pitches. Uh, Even thought the best swing he took all night might have been the... Uh, the pop-up he hit on the slider on the at bat before he hit the double. I thought he was on time tonight. Uh, you know, and he he got on some fastballs and gets the ball in the air a little bit. So he's definitely moving in in the right direction. We need him. You know, he's our best player. Um, you need your best players to show up and play well, and he did tonight and it helped us win the game. Pretty simple. And he really did all series long. He right. plays tremendous defense, and he runs down things. He is also death to all flying things in that outfield, which it's we no just take for zone. granted. Right? I mean, we just take that side of it for granted. And thankfully, that has not been impacted even with some of the offensive struggles this year. Do me a favor. I know you're heading there tonight, a little sing-along. Don't tax your voice today. I mean, really get it no, ready to I, sing I got to be ready for sing-along night tonight. Yeah, a little yeah. honey and hot water, even yeah. if you need to, before you head to the park. Do me a favor if you get a chance. Just kind of poke around and see who it was. See who it was of those offensive players and those hitters that came back. And when they came back from this road trip, that kind of, because I, I, how do you expect me to do that? I don't know. Talk to Scotty. I'm going to be in the stands. Eh, talk to Scotty too, hotty. You know, you can sneak down there. I'm not going to be even in the, in the 100 level. Training. He was having, uh-huh. he was yelling and having sure. a full conversation with That's right. service from the stands. <laughs> I'm, I'm going right. to be <laughs> higher up than that. Okay, fine. You got with you my got, kids, you got friends in high places. So maybe don't go in the clubhouse today. That's fine. You okay. don't need to, but just if you could, you because play golf today. I don't have time for that. I, I've kind of, I don't know why I've dismissed it being Julio. Maybe it was Julio. And, and hopefully it was Julio, your well, you, best player. You, you know what? I'm mad at you then. If that's what you want me to do, what? Brock, you had your opportunity yesterday to play the Scott sound for Jerry and ask him. I texted you in the middle, like, hey, dude, here you go. Do you want me to play this? You passed in order to ask some question about the Rangers or whatever. Like, right. there, there was, you yeah. had your opportunity, okay. and now you're trying to foist this on me to go, like, you know, ruin my Friday, trying, okay. to, no, trying no, to do no, your no. investigative No, don't reporting. ruin your Friday. Don't ruin Can't your Friday. They have that. That's right. <laughs> yes. yes. Thank you. Uh, but by the way, somebody tweeting me, and, and this has become a big deal on Twitter. I mean, it's what was it? What was it? Where was the two names that people could hear when they listened to oh, well, Yanni, Yanni and, Laurel? and Laurel? Yeah, Yanni and Laurel. Somebody right. is totally convinced. If you wouldn't mind, play that. Okay. Play that for me. As I'm what do they do. think he's saying? Chances they may have them. <laughs> Can't be mad at him. Can't be mad at him. Can't I don't be hear mad at him. I, I don't hear that. All right, hold on. Let me hear it. 
DeSantis, they may have done. Nope. No chance. Uh, <laughs> absolutely not, sir. No. It's no chance. I still don't hear Scantus they mm. may have been. Scantus, Scantus they may have been, yeah. I don't get that. Play it again. I hear it. It's Scantus they may have been. Scantus they may have been. A hundred percent, that's what he's saying. Sorry, Jay Vandy. I'll give you I scant. am sorry, Jay. Scantus they may have been. Justin, you go, you go to too many concerts. Your ears are not working properly anymore. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it every... <laughs> It was oh, the best part. Off. Oh, you cut it off. Oh, cut sorry, it off. sorry. Oh, I want to hear the thing. Let me work it. Hold on. I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. You know, scampers they may have them. You know, scampers they may have them. So I'm beating everything. The laugh afterwards is really what just brings that whole thing home. All right. Uh, let's see. Coming up in 20 minutes, I will take you inside Seahawks practice yesterday with some of the most important observations of the offseason. That's right. Don't go anywhere. That's in 20. Right after Need to Know Next, Brock and Salk. Seattle Sports on 710. SeattleSports.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, how about Ty France? Turns out he's just fine. Yeah, not a wrist, not a finger, not a thumb. No, it's just the fleshy part of his palm. And uh, he was more than able to do what he needed to do yesterday. One home run early, and then he went deep again just for good measure. Ty France swung on high drive, deep left field. That baby is destined to get out of the ballpark. And he hit it almost to the same spot. Ty France with a home run is second of the night, fifth of the year. Ty France doing Ty France things, and we got a 2-2 ball game here at T-Mobile Park. It's a good call from Dave Sims, but I'm going to quibble a little bit. That has not been Ty France things. Nope, never done it before. I mean, like, never done that. Never hit two home runs well, with the Mariners. He just hasn't been as, you know, we haven't seen a lot of the power. As he said, yep. just five home runs this year. But nice to see Ty kind of starting to come out of this and becoming the player that they need him to be at the top of the order, making this thing go. So when he hits and Julio hits and, you know, things work out a lot better for this team. And, oh, by the way... Their pitching's pretty good. Logan goes eight innings, only allows two runs yesterday. Scott, so impressed with his young right-hander. Yeah, he's changed a little bit. His profile has changed since when he first got here. He was a definite fly ball pitcher. He was the guy that, uh, you know, if you want to give an infield a day off, it was on Logan's day. Not so much anymore. He's got so many pitches going down in the strike zone. His slider's changed. Uh, the split fingers become a real weapon for him. Um, and the more confidence he has with it, you're seeing it come out late in counts. It just comes out of that same tunnel as a fastball, and guys can't lay off it. So, uh, yeah, the strikeouts, the balls on the ground, all good things for any starting pitcher. You said the pitching is pretty good. The pitching is the best in baseball, whatever way you want to look at it. You want to look at it through wins above replacement. If you want to look at it in quality starts, that's now their 28th quality start. How about Logan going eight innings last night in, what's less than 80 pitches? I mean, he could have easily gone out there and oh, rolled yeah. out there, but I think Seawall needed a little bit of work, and he had a 1-2-3 inning, and nice to see these Mariners two games above 500. I don't care that it was the worst team in baseball. I don't care that that's the worst team. I think my eyes have seen in 47 years of professional baseball, you still got to go out there and do it. You still got to get it done, and they did. With their pitching, timely hitting, and now here come the Pirates. I don't know, man. Those 03 Tigers were real bad. Really bad. I I think this team might hit worse than the Tigers. I don't know whether they're... Ah, their pitching, I think, is better than those Tigers. Yeah. They have some decent starting pitching on this team that I think will grow. The Tigers had three guys who lost 17 games that year. Now, any Jeremy idea why, went on to a good career. But. Any idea why they pulled the Mariners' killer after five innings? I mean, he was at 55 pitches. I don't know. 
Bizarre. Uh, it's, you know, it's the A's, man. <laughs> Who the heck? They were getting worried they might actually win the game. They got to find a way to make sure that didn't happen. <laughs> Pirates in town tonight for the first of three fireworks night. Sing along fireworks night. Get over to the ballpark, and we will see you there for George Kirby. Here's the second thing you need to All right, know. Ten minutes. I'll take you through Seahawks practice yesterday. Gino definitely stood out in a very good way. That was good to see. You know who got the ball a lot, and who I just I don't know. I just find myself really rooting for him is Derek Young. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed talking to him last year. Enjoyed watching him, and just felt like he's somebody that you know if he gets it could be. He's he reminds me a lot of Jermaine Curse out there. Kind of similar body, willing to do all the dirty work. He's probably never going to be a star, but he's pretty steady. And if you put him in the right positions, he can succeed. Shane Waldron likes what he sees from his young wideout. For Dariq going into year two, you know, last year he was really able to carve out a role, you know, starting with special teams and then finding his way on the field in different roles at receiver. And another guy that the, the more you can do, especially early on in your career, the more times you're able to make that active game day roster. And so Dariq now is just keeping improving and, and you know, getting better and better at receiver and, and the route running and some of the different things. No one coming out of out of college, he was, you know, different different style of offense that he was in his, you know, his later years. So he's just going to continue to grow and, and get better. You know, he's smart, tough, and reliable. So he'll keep finding a way to, to, to be on the field. You know what I like? I like the versatility they have in their running backs all being able to catch the ball. I mean, Kim Walker yesterday, I was watching some little clips of mm-hmm. Gino throwing the ball down the field to him. Kenny McIntosh is an ace out of DJ Dallas, probably his greatest strength when compared to the rest of the rotation. Mm-hmm. And Charbonnet can catch it and run it. I mean, that is a that is a nice weapon. You want to pick up your screen game? You want to get some, you know, turn a little check down into explosive plays? Having a backfield in a running back room like that, all adept at it, certainly helps. Here's the third thing you need to know. A bunch of golf news today, Brock. First of all, Rose Zhang going pro. Did you hear that? Just moments ago, she makes the announcement she will leave Stanford early and go pro immediately. Uh, she is, if you haven't had a chance to watch Not Rose familiar Zang. with uh, women's college golf, but appreciate it. She's, she is. She's really good. Uh, remarkable. Well, huh? you know, she's she's really real. I mean, she's like a generational kind of talent. Gotcha. She is awesome and worth watching. And like you will Tiger continue. coming out of Stanford? I don't know if it's quite Tiger. I mean, I think that might be sort of at its own unique level with everything he did at such a young age. But she's the biggest name in women's college golf and women's golf in quite some time and she will probably be world number one before too long she's ridiculously good and then there was michael block the pga teaching pro who uh last week had a quite the run at the pga championship and everybody loved him then he went on a podcast and now everybody hates him but you assume that rory is a better golf than you are he's a lot longer than i am that's what it is okay so that the, the length is the big thing oh my god what i would shoot from where rory hits it would be stupid what, I, what I, I think, I'd be, I think I'd be one of the best players in the world. How really? Hands down. Oh, if I had if I had that stupid length, I all the, all day. My 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 iron game, wedge game, around the greens, and my putting is 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 world class. You know, it's so funny. Whoa. Last week he Whoa. said it would never get better than when it was last than how it was last week. I didn't know that he would ruin it in a week. <laughs> Right? Like, it's never going to be better than this. Everybody loves me. Oh, it's one week later, and everyone's like, yeah, no thanks. Yeah. 11 was, over. 11, 11 over. over. 120 out of 120 down <laughs> yes. there. Yeah, that's a little rough. It's because he didn't have the length. There you go. That yep. is everything you need to know. Well, well, not quite everything you need to know. What else you need to know? Well, I mean, there's one other thing you need to know. Like, Ryan Roland Smith, great guy. I mean, just an Aussie. Aussie through and through. Aussie short for awesome. 
And I don't know if you saw this last night after after the game. He was there at, at uh, little T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. Everybody left, and he decided to, to do this. Let me a culpa. Uh, for anyone who was listening to the Wyman Bob show, I was filling in this afternoon. I just want to formally apologize. I don't know what I'm talking about. I said the Thai France needs to sit out for 10 days. I, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. I just want to apologize for wasting everyone's time. <laughs> I think the wrist is okay. I think, I think he's going to be fine. All right. We'll see you guys. <laughs> love that guy. That's great. Yeah, I love it. Just a great apology. Just, Where are you going, yeah. Alan? Where are you going? No, 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 nothing at all. No, I just, I think that's incredible. You know, like if, if Jamal were to show up and be there all week, you know what? I'd be the first one to apologize. <laughs> first one to say I'm an idiot. You should never listen to me. No. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm glad he didn't go on the 10-day IL. Brock, if Jamal were to show up and, and be there all week, then I guess I would have to apologize for you. Because <laughs> generally behalf, whatever yeah. you say just gets attributed Good. back to me if awesome. people don't like it. All right. I was there yesterday, and I saw quite a bit. more, and I uh, had all kinds of observations. And I'd like your reaction to some of it next, Brock. We will take you inside Seahawks practice coming up on Brock and Salk. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. All right, we're moving some things around today on a Friday. Sorry about that. Joe Fan will join us here in a half hour. We have Jaron Reed coming up an hour from now. And then Stacy will be in at 9 o'clock. And open phone lines, of course, at 9.30. So uh, we'll wrap up the week as we normally do. And then take you into the long weekend for Memorial Day. I'm told Mora's going to be hosting the show on Monday morning along with Mike Lefko. So uh, make sure you tune in for that. Uh, Brock and I will be out. But um, and Justin apparently is not working for the first time ever on Memorial Day. Food talk with Lefko and I. That sounds right. Yeah. True. If this is the first yeah. time I haven't worked on Memorial Day since I was like 16. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, yes, that's uh, the plan for Monday. Moore and I were both over yesterday at Seahawks practice, and we got some takeaways. Takeaways. All right, Brock, I want your opinion on some of this stuff, but let's start here. Geno Smith is QB1. And I don't just mean like he's the starting quarterback. Obviously, we know that he's the starting quarterback. But watching him yesterday, the command in the huddle, the command just sort of out on the field, the leadership, the balls out quick. He throws it with great authority. He's just in command of everything going on out there. And I think that Shane Waldron kind of referenced that after practice. I think Gino has, has maintained that professional approach and that that desire to, to to continuously improve his game. And I think, you know, football is a great game because it, no one's ever really at the at the at the pinnacle as far as uh, you know everything they're doing that they're doing is perfect and so i think every day gino's grinding away in the individual drills really taking on that leadership role you know because it is a little bit different you know when you're coming into it still competing for it versus you know now where he's at in the season that he's had uh so he's been able to to really enhance that leadership role take command of the huddle take command of the guys you know from the start in otas a little different than the setup was this past brock you've been a backup quarterback you've been a starting Mm -hmm. quarterback what is the difference from a mindset perspective? Yeah, Im- immensely different. You know, when you're the you're the backup, you're just trying to hold down the fort. You're trying to do what Matt Hasselback can do, what Peyton Manning can do for Geno for all those years. Hey, if I go in, I got to be able to do what Russell Wilson was doing. And then, you know, as you become a starter, it becomes your identity, becomes your team. And I think what you are seeing and feeling uh, aside from that is you know last year he's competing with drew lock obviously so he's pretty hyper focused on himself like making sure hey i gotta do my job i gotta do you know what i gotta do i gotta make sure i put the ball in the right play i got and and now it's like no now i'm worried about this team now it's about the seahawks and and there is a big paradigm shift there 
right? Kind of like a young pitcher. When a young pitcher is coming up, like, oh, I'm all worried about my stuff and I got to grow my stuff. And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, let me attack this hitter. Let me absolutely go destroy him. And I, now I've got the ability where I'm not even thinking about necessarily me. I'm thinking about getting this guy out. And I think that's kind of what you sensed and felt yesterday, Salk. It's no longer like, okay, I'm in a competition. I got to take care of me. I got to do everything right for me. Nope. Oh, let me do it for the huddle. Let me do it for the offense. Yeah. And let me do it for the team. Well, and it, it seemed to help the way he threw the ball and the way he, like, just all of it. He just looked like a real starting quarterback, which is not something we saw last year. Takeaways. On the other hand, don't worry about it. On the other hand, I don't worry about him. He'll be fine. I'm not worried about him. I'm just saying to juxtapose it. Yeah. Drew Locke did not look good. He threw a terrible interception where he just didn't see a linebacker. Okay, fine. Whatever. That that happens. But he just, the offense, Moore and I were talking about it for a while. Like all of that comfort, all of that command, it was like it just completely went away as soon as Drew Locke stepped in as the quarterback and just, they just were off schedule. There was no tempo. All of that went away. You remember there was a play that looked like it moved in slow motion yes. where he hit Ken Walker for a pass, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you could never. Yeah, it just felt like he wasn't really moving around. Urgency. Dino was getting rid of the ball so quick, and then he threw a pick to some guy named yeah. Jonathan Sutherland that I've never heard of before. That's Donald's uh, other kid. Okay. Could it be that he was oh, running? Could it be that he was running with the twos that he had? No, they were all rotating everybody in. They were? Yeah. Right. It was it was ugly. I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but it's at least something. You know, maybe it means nothing. Maybe it's just a bad day. Obviously, these things happen. But just, you know, observation wasn't a pretty day for, for Drew Locke. Takeaway. Brock Body Show time. You ready? Whoa. Devin Bush. So you told me that he was a little undersized. Uh-huh. You didn't really prepare me adequately. <laughs> Maybe it's the number zero. And Were you eye-to-eye eye with him? You're kind of close to eye-to-eye. Eye I would say so. Yeah, I pretty mean, close. he was pretty far away, but he looks like a safety. It looks like there's a safety playing line. Like, there's no other way to describe it. And the zero, the number zero probably is part of that, but he just looks like a safety until you look down and see his calves. He's got big, big calves. Credit Kyle oh. Brown for that one. Yes, Kyle kept noticed. Going. He looks like, and Kyle's like, yeah, well, look at those calves. Though. No, you know what? You're right. Those are those are some big <laughs> calves. He's thick. Like he's, Stelton calves? Bob's got great I'm calves. telling you, man, he's got like Bobby calves? Yeah, In between like, Stelton and Bobby. Yeah, I would say that's about right. Okay. All right. Um, he's thick. Yep. But he is he he looks smaller than any middle linebacker I've ever seen. But yeah. you know, if the speed that that comes with that is enough, and he's got all of the strength, was he to moving? Go with it, Could you tell? I, and and I know really it's not pads. Yeah, okay. couldn't really tell that. But you, I was definitely struck by how different well, he looked from any other look middle linebacker. Sturdy and strong for how small they are is Jared Reed. Yes. Yeah, he's got some oomph to him as well. You see why that knee injury derailed his career. Mm-hmm. You see how a top 10 linebacker pick is no longer part of that organization. An organization with great stability, by the way, that takes care of their own in Pittsburgh. That if you can play, they sign you and extend you. So you could see when you are of that ilk in that size and you take away the speed component of it, you become very vulnerable. And to the point where Pittsburgh's like, yeah, you know, good luck to you. We, we love you. And the Seahawks are willing to bet, you know what, we can get some of that speed back. You know, we, we trust what we do here. Mm-hmm. And if he has that speed and he has that twitch, you know, Dave Wyman has said, I think he said it during the draft, actually, this year. And I've heard him say it once a hundred times. It is, he wishes he was shorter. You know, he, he really. Wise. Yeah, leverage wise. He felt like being 6'3 was actually a disadvantage. Yeah, I say that all the time. Was he? I just wish he, I was a little bit shorter. Like, at that size, was he a hard hitter in college? Uh, Devin Bush? Yeah. Oh, 
he knocked your okay. head off. Oh, he's a Buckus Award winner. He was violent. I had him a bunch of times in school, and he was, yeah, he'd get underneath you and just, you know, and that's what Dave would say. It's not even in the hitting of the running backs. It's just the linemen. It's just the advantage you can have. If you can see well enough, if you're instinctive enough, and if you're fast enough, yeah, there's some leverage to be gained. So we'll be watching his speed and his twitch and quickness. Takeaways. The most interesting position group by far is the outside linebackers. I don't know if it's a competition or the rotation or whatever it is, but the four guys at the top of that list, Brock, are all fascinating. Put Chenna almost in his own category. He's likely going to start. He can kind of do it all. He's a veteran. We kind of know. He's the most known commodity. You know who Chenna is. And then after that, I know how you like to say Baskin Robbins, right? You get your uh, choice of flavors. This to me was almost more of a like Goldilocks thing. You got the small, medium, and large, or like a clothing size. Daryl Taylor right now looks thin compared mm. to the other guys in that group. Mm. Fast, but thin. And a lot quieter. First of all, great to see him there. We spent a little while in the last couple uh, days wondering if Daryl Taylor would be there and just saying, hey, this is a guy in competition. Really like to see him out there. He was. He was working hard. He was doing all the drills. He looked good, but very thin. It seemed almost as if maybe he's like concentrating on the speed part of his game and maybe giving up on some of the setting the edge type of his game. And I don't know if that's his choice, team's choice or what, but he looked he looked thin. In the middle, you got Boye Mafe. He's one size up from Daryl Taylor. He's sort of the, I, you know, he's bigger than Mafe. He's probably faster than Derek Hall. But it's a huge year for him, right? He was one of the starters when they when they went to the seven on seven. He was one of the starters opposite uh, Chenna. And, I mean, I thought he looked good. It's hard, like, you know, it's hard to tell exactly what those outside mm-hmm. linebackers are doing in these drills. They're not rushing the passer or anything like that. But... You know, from a body standpoint, that guy's always going to be, as you said, one of the first off the bus. Yeah. And then you've got like the extra large size in Derek Hall. He's just, I, I don't know, I'll say he's just a monster. I could, Maura is making fun of me because I just couldn't stop looking at him, talking about him. He, he, you're right, Maura. It's he was, the, the he shoulders are out of too, control. Like you could see it in action. He's, he's, he's big. <laughs> like yeah. he really is big. Is, for he, that is he like Cam plus 30? Because remember Cam out there, Maura, you've said a ton how broad his shoulders are. Cam was so broad. It was like, golly. And then he just chiseled down right. at 230. Yeah, some of that. The two guys that sort of that jumped to mind were Carl Banks, the old Giants linebacker played opposite Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. And then people will get mad when I say this because obviously the career didn't work out. But there was a little Aaron Curry. Remember what a just, I mean, from a body Giant. standpoint, Aaron Curry was the perfect outside linebacker. Yep. The mind wasn't there. Like the instincts weren't there. Yep. That was the problem, not the body. And so, I don't know, just from a body perspective, he's, I think, even a little bit bigger than Curry, but that kind of an athlete. I think I've heard you say this. And when you talk about management and the management courses, they tell you to, to just play to your strengths. Mm-hmm. Had a conversation with Joel Klatt about this, and Joel Klatt and I do many things. And as we prepare for games, we broadcast, we call games. Very similar. He's very OCD with highlighters and penmanship, and there's a lot of things. But we're a little different when it comes to the production meetings and talking to coaches. He just doesn't. He's like, that's just not my strength. I focus on my strengths, right? I'm not going to work on my. How do you frame that in management? Like, I'm not going to work on my B plus. Or yeah, you want to. You want to just play. Yeah, play to your strengths. Well, I think for Daryl Taylor, he's realized, like, my greatest strength in this league is my speed. Yep. 
if indeed he is lighter and indeed he is a little bit leaner, I think he's going to say, "Get me! I'm going to get my ten sacks. Right? I'm going to get home." I'm Which gonna, is great. I'm, and in this particular de- off a uh, uh, linebacker group, yep, that might be the perfect role for him. Yep. Right. Allow all four of these guys to kind of do what they do best. Rotate them in. Keep them fresh. I am. And you know who else had uh, caught our eye? Both me and Mora. Uh, was uh, the kid from last year, the Ohio State Tyreek kid, Smith. Tyreek Smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had people texting in asking about him. Yeah. He, just, he had like a freak thing happen where he somehow injured like, both of his hips early on. And, and was he with that outside linebacking crew? Yes. He yes. was with this crew? Yeah, yeah he, he was, was with that group, with not with like Dre Jones and, okay. and that group. Because he was a little tweener at Ohio State. I think actually he was there, there four down front. I think he was actually an end there. So Yeah, he was know. doing drills with Derek Hall, Boy, yep. and Mafia. Okay. Taylor. And he's built... He's pretty well built himself. Like it's a pretty intriguing group, man. I think crazy? that's what we're going to be Isn't watching. That crazy, like the, what we we get to cover yeah, and what we get deep. to see. And you go from a hockey, what do they call dressing room, to yeah. the Mariners clubhouse, to that locker room, and they are very, very different. Yep, body that's types for sure. Of athletes. Take right, well, speaking of deep rooms, how about the tight end group? I know uh-huh. we've kind of mentioned them before. They're not, I mean, I was looking there, I, I put this in the little column I put up at clsports.com on, on just my observations, but I was saw like pro football focus had their top 15 tight ends and the Seahawks didn't have anybody on the list. Look, Gerald Everett was on the list. There was no Seahawk. And I was like, mm. well, Gerald Everett kind of stinks, but whatever. Like mm. I couldn't really quibble with any of it. Yeah. All right. So they don't have a top half of the league tight end. But how many tight end rooms could possibly be better than this one? And they can kind of, again, do it all. If you go out to a Seahawks practice at training camp this year and you don't take notice of Kobe Parkinson, I'll be shocked. He's just, he's a creature. He's huge. Yep. Yep. He looks like a fitness model. (laughs) He does. I'm going to say one hand as far as tight end rooms in the league. Uh, You're not going to get beyond one hand. In terms of just overall, all the guys. And even the fourth guy, Mabry, who I think came up and played last year, right, Mm -hmm. when uh, when, uh, Disley got hurt. He looks great, too. All of them, all four of them look fantastic great to see Disley looking healthy because they said that that injury he suffered was a uh, one they'd never seen before where yeah, he had like a... the outside bone of his leg weird he yeah. looks good though those those, those Boz, bozeman boys are pretty tough are they as tough as libby <laughs> boys no boys huh? yeah well, libby's Bo- second to butte bozeman has some real rank tough toughest days. montana towns quickly butte. rank them five four three two one. one butte number one and then it's like 20 places to the next one <laughs> <laughs> Never's tough, but Butte is just Whitefish? something different. No, uh, no. Whitefish number one. Soft, number one. Rich kids, <laughs> get out here. Takeaways. Uh, all right, just so some you short mean, like, ones. Brown, Buckingham, and that's uh, uh, Buckingham Brown and Nichols. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go Butte, Haver, <laughs> Billings. There's some rough Billings ones. seems like it'd be pretty Billings. tough. Um, um, some really tough kids in Western Montana, like Dylan. Like when you get into Dylan, Dillon, yeah. yeah, those Dillon. kids are all—they're all, man, they're all <laughs> ropers. Fucking hay bales are all shoveling snow. Their whole what life. did you say? Bucking hay bales. Bucking hay bales. Oh, okay. Whew. Oh, oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. No, I haven't even considered it. Slipping on that before. All right. Just real short ones. Trey Brown had a really good day. Brock uh, knocked oh. away a couple of passes. Nice to see him out there. He still looks short, but he is active and feisty. Derek yeah. Young was targeted a lot. Caught a few balls, but as Moore pointed out, there were a few, at least one that bounced off his hands. Uh, Alton Robinson, I don't know that I saw him there yesterday. I don't, somebody was asking whether he was there. Either he didn't stand out or he wasn't there at all. Um, How about Cody Thompson? Oh, the, the wide receiver? Yeah. Yeah, he caught a bunch of balls, but it's like it's hard. Somebody's got to catch the balls. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, when, when they were indoors, though, they start out indoors yeah. for 15 minutes, and they, that you and I both were like, that was a nice catch. Hey, Who was that? You know who's pretty good <laughs> off the line is Jake Bobo. Like, yeah. you, you will notice Jake Bobo, for sure. Yeah. You will. And he's grunting when Did he makes hear? his turns yeah. and stuff. But I told him that he sounds like Robbie Ray out there. It's like, yeah. stop, listen, listen. When he runs his routes, he's like, Ugh, I mean, the poor uh, guy's uh, from uh, Belmont Hill. That's basically a language for them. Like, that's the, the that's all they can say. <laughs> like, just sort of grunt at each other like cavemen. So. Uh, and then uh, I wanted to give you my final. I saved the best for last, Brock. Uh, after the big conversation we had yesterday about D. Eskridge, eyes peeled. Yeah. Still haven't seen him. Wasn't, Didn't see him. Wasn't there. I don't, know, I don't know where it was, but I'm there. Can't give you anything on Can't give you anything on D. It's voluntary. Okay. How many times do I have to tell you? It's well, voluntary. and and if you're in a position like him, I mean, you've already made the team. You know where you're going. You go. Everything's set. It's like you and DK. So just kind of, you don't need to be there. You're you're just fine. Was anybody in your ear at all during? Oh during my him? gosh. That is uh, <laughs> a, a group of takeaways from practice yesterday. That's all I got for you. Just uh, just some takeaways. All right, Brock, we only have you for 10 more minutes, so uh, let's make sure okay, we, we spend them wisely with some Blue 88. This is Brock and Sox Blue 88. Blue 88! Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Ewer breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Ewer and Mike Sox. You know, way back in the day, since you like uh, all the receipts of things I've ever said, Brock, one thing that I spent a lot of time talking about was Russell Wilson's weight in the offseason, and people would give me fun. You did, or boy, howdy did. Well, I think I started it, but okay. Howdy certainly continued to take notice of it. Uh-huh. We all did because Russ would get big every offseason and you'd wonder what would happen in the regular season. And as he got slower, as he got older, you had a lot of questions about his weight. Mm-hmm. Certainly it ballooned up again last year. Uh, he showed up uh, for OTAs in Denver yesterday looking lean and mean and willing to say so. Yeah, I feel great. You know, I feel, uh, feel lean and mean, ready to go and uh, focused. And uh, I'm not worried about that. I'm not counting. But all I know is uh, I'm, I'm excited to play again. Why wouldn't Russ reveal his weight? Ah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to tell you how much I'm counting my pounds. Why? You know, in our market, we got mocked. We got scoffed. We got told we were meanies. Yep. All sorts of You're things mean. whenever we brought it not up. because to talk about his body. But in the Denver market, Denver is sneaky, man. Their, their football media is sneaky. It is one of the biggest contingencies in all the NFL. Every news station, paper, outlet and they don't they don't mess around i mean that that is the first time he is speaking to the local press and it's like the first thing asked about like russell you look you look like you've lost some weight russell you look like you're going to be able to run this year (laughs) russell you look like you know maybe you're athletic again hey russell i mean it is like they're in his face they don't care and they're going to ask those questions that often we're not asked here and i'll tell you this too man his head coach not messing around I mean, it is. If there is going to be an antidote, and I know that KJ Wright was on Good Morning Football talking about this yesterday. Kudos to KJ, did a great job. Like, if there's going to be an antidote to fix Russ, and you could put the perfect coach with the style and the system and knows how to win at the line of scrimmage and run first and play pass off of it and play to his strengths, mm-hmm. it is Sean Payton. Yep. That was a wise hire by that ownership group. First time they had to hire a head coach, and I think they made the right hire with Sean and, and good on Russ. He lost the weight. He looks great, and that will absolutely help him this year. He needed to do it. He got yep. it done, and now we'll see uh, whether he's he can get it done out on the now field. Now is he willing well. to run and is he willing to move? Because oh. that is the strength of his game. That's 100% true. Question number two. Uh, 
Cam Young, another guy. And he, I noticed Cam Young yesterday. I spent some time trying to focus on that defensive line. Mm-hmm. He and Jaron Reed built pretty similarly. We'll uh, talk to Jaron coming up here in uh, a little over half hour at 830. Uh, what does Cam Young, we've been doing adjustments every day. What adjustment will he need to make as he becomes a professional? Kind of to that Daryl Taylor, having to realize you've got to play to your strengths. That you cannot be, you know, he's a fourth rounder and the second fourth rounder in there. And he was the first big piece of beef that they added in this draft to a defensive line room that needed it. I think uh, Quandre said there's our big back. Like we needed that, that big old back in there with long arms. And his strength is his long arms and his heavy hands. And I know some of this draft stuff we kind of mock and laugh at and scoff. Like, oh, come on, contact balance. Oh, look at the band. Oh, look at the speed, the power. Oh, he's got explosive hit. You know, we kind of make fun of some of that. I'll tell you what is what I think makes total sense. And you can, it's almost like a crack of a bat. You can hear it and feel it. Those guys that are heavy-handed. And when you hear Clint Hurt say that, and you hear Pete say that, and you hear John Schneider say that, what that means is he got 34-inch, 34-and-a-half-inch arms, long arms. And then he has just got these big anvils. Mm. And I love the anvil of the Road Warriors. Love that guy. <laughs> but he's got big anvils. And when those things just hit you, right, you just kind of, you just kind of stop. And and he's got them. So he's going to have to play to his strengths, not try to do everything, not try to be everything. And they will equip him and teach him. And, and it sounds like he's a very fast learner in that way. Because he even said that, I think, in his first press conference after a rookie minicamp. Hey, yeah, I'm not stunting. I'm not twisting. I'm not doing all this stuff I didn't. No, you're not. No, you're using your long arms, your base, your leverage, and those anvils for hands, and you're shocking people, and you're, you're stopping them so the guys behind you can do their job. Well, I think you'll like what uh, Jaron Reed has to say about him as well. I mean, just loves the way he's listening and learning and all of that. That's coming up, as I said, at 830. I, I, don't, I don't mean to keep raving about my guy, but you know who's got those kind of hands? Derek Hall. You had to see the drill they were doing when they were all coming around the edge and then hitting the bag, and it's like Daryl Taylor and boy, and then bang, like he destroyed that <laughs> thing. Like, oh my gosh, yes, the monster. He's just a monstrous human. All right, question number three. You feel kind of bad for the, those coaches. I felt bad for the bag. Yeah, but the, the coach has to hold that bag. I was watching Mike Morris Don't yesterday do a drill too, where get, get your hand, get your hands on him and move your feet. Like, oh. This guy's taking a beating, too. Uh, I love trying to guess the answers to your odd questions sometimes, Brock. Today's was, what is impossible to believe when it comes to turnover at one Seahawk position? I'm going to guess it's center. Yes. Eight centers in eight years? Nailed it. Is that, uh, since Max Unger, you've had eight different... How is that possible? Britt, Posick, uh... Oh, let's see how many you can name let's see. here. Britt... Sin, are you? Is this include Max Unger? It's everybody. Okay, I think so it's Max Unger. Un- I think it's actually Britt, after Unger. Posick. Yeah. Uh, obviously, last year with uh, what was that guy's name? I can picture him. We just Austin we just, Blythe. Austin Blythe. Blythe. Thank you. Uh huh. Kyle Fuller. Oh yeah. Little Joey Hunt. But those guys didn't start. They started. I mean, absolutely, they started. Games, they started but they games. didn't like. They weren't the starter. They, well, the, some of them started for stretches. I mean, they have had eight different centers. That is almost unfathomable, especially in a system that runs the ball, right? Where Max Unger was that stability for the first, you know, four years of Pete's career. And then there's been nothing but turnover. And I'll tell you, man, we'll address him next week when, you know, we get through the rest of the draft picks. This kid out of Michigan, I I know Ray Roberts liked him. He liked it, and he liked him because he was a Virginia guy, right? He went to Air Force, first of Maryland kid out to the Air Force, to Virginia, and then had the wisdom to go, you know what? 
I need to go play in a system. Instead of an Air Force system and a spread system at Virginia, let me go play in a pro-style system. And all he did was become the Remington Award winner, top center in America. Best Joe Moore Award, best offensive line. And then you hear him talk, you're like, yeah, yeah, I, ooh, I like this guy. I like the way he communicates. If they find a fit there and he truly is the answer and stops this just <laughs> whirlwind yeah. turnstile of centers, that would be that would be a big hit in this draft class. All right, that is, uh, those are, uh, I'm sorry, three good football questions for Brock, Blue 88. You know, one thing that I, I did hear a little bit about this offensive line group is that they are smart. That that's yes. one of the things that has changed since the Tom Cable years where they were looking for size, strength, et cetera, mm-hmm. and maybe sacrifice some football intelligence. Think Jermaine Effetti and a few of those other guys in that era that this group is uh, pretty smart. And and you saw how that played out on the field, right? All the guys getting burned with the tight end, you know, the, the T.E. stunts and twists yep. and all that stuff. And False starts. I, I mean, Effetti just couldn't handle that. And he nope. wasn't the only one in that line that you'd put in that category. You look at this group, and it's a little bit more of a thinking man's offensive line. I think it's going to be – honestly, I think that will be one of their better units this year. Mm-hmm. Well, you you add a couple guys that are going to, again, add a level of competition that, that is needed. You know, Phil Haynes and Damian mm-hmm. Lewis have not been able to stay healthy. You needed a difference maker. And if Lewis Riddick can tell Rich Eisen about a fourth-round offensive guard on a national radio that he's most excited about – that's a pretty good sign for Mr. Bradford as Very well. Cool. All right. I know you got to take off, uh, so we won't have Brock for the last couple hours of this show. I'm sorry. Have a great Memorial Day weekend and some fun next week uh, with your fam, and we you will as well. uh, talk soon. Sing along well tonight. All right. Too. Thank you. Just we're going to sing, gonna sing hard. Well. Yes. We're going to sing sing very, very well <laughs> tonight. That's what I do best. Okay. Uh, See you, Brock. He's going to miss rank. That's what I'm I mean. Yes. Yeah. It's a good one. You're going to, oh, you would like today. I'm so jealous. You would. Yeah. Maura may actually leave. I think we may have Rob run the board during the uh, final segment of the show. Just so <laughs> give Maura a break because we got a good one coming today at 945. Uh, great next two hours planned. Joe Fan is next. Uh, Jaron Reed at 830. Stacy Rost at 9 o'clock. Open phones for all you guys at 930 and ranked at 945. Yeah, we're ready for Memorial Day. It's Brock and Salk. Sales Sports on 710.